you're out of uniform. Where? How about my place in five minutes? Here's our money, mister. Don't staple us. Give you four dozen sheets. Oh, come on, Klein. You never turned us down before. Yeah, but, but four dozen sheets. We just met four dozen great girls. Four dozen. Hey, this is the nurse's shower. I waited as long as I could. It's Pearl Harbor all over again. A requisition for 18 gallons of mercuricorm? Yeah, we got a patient with an enormous cut. MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077 Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, and joining me today are my good pals, Al. Pal Al. I love it. How y'all doing? <laughs> and Meds. Uh, gentlemen. Today we're going to be discussing 5 O'Clock Charlie. It's from Season 2, Episode 2. It's the 26th episode overall. It was directed by Norman Tokar. It was written by Larry Gilbart. Keith Walker, and Lawrence Marks. The production code is K403. It originally aired on September 22nd, 1973. Attention all personnel. Attention. Three minutes to Charlie. Has anyone picked 40 yards, Raider? Uh, oh no, Father. It's still open. Uh, good. If I'm lucky, the proceeds go to the Bible Fund. Oh, me too. Okay, so plot something for this episode. For six weeks, an ammunition depot near the camp has been the target of a punctual but inept North Korean bomber pilot. Every day at five o'clock, he flies overhead and attempts to hit the depot with a single hand-thrown bomb. The pilot, nicknamed Five O'Clock Charlie, has been so reliably unsuccessful that the denizens of the 4077th have begun a betting pool based on how far away from the target his bomb will land. Only Frank and Margaret regard Charlie as a serious threat. Frank requests an anti-aircraft gun, and Brigadier General Clayton comes to the camp to assess the situation. Clayton, who has placed the ammo dump near the hospital so that the animal will leave it alone, a tactic he says he learned from the Germans, is initially sceptical of the need for a gun. On the next raid, though, Charlie destroys not the ammo dump, but General Clayton's jeep. He agrees to send the gun, and Frank takes charge of it. Hawkeye and Trapper argue that the presence of the anti-aircraft gun would attract more competent bombers, noting that fire draws fire. But Frank is more interested in drilling his platoon of three Korean soldiers. Eventually, Hawkeye, Trapper and Cardozo conclude that the problem is not the gun, but the ammo dump. They dye sheets and place them on the ammo dump to help Charlie find his target. When Charlie makes his next pass, Hawkeye and Trapper confuse Frank's men into aiming the gun directly at the ammo dump. Charlie misses his target yet again, but when Frank orders his troops to fire the gun, they hit the ammo dump, destroying it. I say, Reggie, you'll come here often. Only when my horse is running. Rather. Ah, perfect, Alton. Charlie good. You guys got the same place as yesterday? Of course, my good man. And be quick about it. Okay. Trapper, you're 47, Hawkeye 62. Good show. Carry on. Bib-bib. Righto. Jettio. You guys got a cold? We had our typical cadre of guest stars in this episode. We had Herb Voland returning as General Crandall Clayton. 
We have Corey Fisher playing Captain Phil Cardoza. It didn't take too long, listeners. That's right. Corey pops up in Quincy episode, a Sanford and Son episode, and Barney Miller. Corey also appeared in the movie MASH playing Captain Bandini. He is still acting and has two productions out in 2012. William Christopher comes back as Father Francis Mulcahy. And Odessa Cleveland returns as Lieutenant Ginger Bayless, and I'm hoping someday she gets promoted. (laughs) We have Gail Bowman, who plays Nurse Pal. Gail appears in two episodes of MASH and also popped up on a further six projects, the last being Lethal Weapon. Hmm. Uh, Lloyd Kino plays plays the role of Soldier. Uh, it's like waiting for a bus, isn't it? Yes, we have another Quincy actor. Lloyd also appeared in the Star Trek episode, The Amiga Glory. He couldn't get enough of Shatner and joined him again in that awesome standout wig television program, TJ Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah Fankbonner plays Nurse Klein. Sarah starred in, no, not Quincy, but another MD show called Marcus Welby MD. And also in the humorously titled Shaggy DM. And, with a name like Fank Bonner, that seems rather apt. (laughs) We also have Deb Newman, who plays Nurse Richards. Deb turns up in several projects, the last being the Waltons. How can you sit there and just let yourself get bombed? One good bombing deserves another. Down in front, Frank. Honestly, you can't take him anywhere. And now, direct from North Korea... Here he is for the sixth hit week. Five o'clock, Charlie, his airplane, and his astigmatism. Ah, that is Charles. Oh, yes. say he's got a cough today, doesn't he? It's a wonder he can fly at all. Oh, yes. Looks rather peaked to me. Fragile. Well done. Shot. But he missed. Yes. Bad luck, child. See you tomorrow. And that concludes 5 o'clock Charlie for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed him as much as North Korea enjoyed bringing him to you. Results of the pool will be announced in just a few minutes. Join us tomorrow, same time. Until then, have a nice war. Say, should we repair to the digs and wait for the results? Good idea. We're nearly out of plasma. All right, so let's go ahead and discuss this episode. You want to start us off, Al? Oh, sure. This uh, this was actually one of my favorite episodes of uh, season two, and maybe even the entire series, at least the earlier cast seasons of the series. Uh, I really don't know what it is about this episode, but I really, really enjoyed it. I think it was just kind of, you know, just all around fun. Um, and this is the first time this season that uh, we get to see Father Mulcahy. And I thought it was uh, in the in the beginning when they were calling out, you know, five minutes to Charlie, two minutes to Charlie. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny how uh, Father Mulcahy got distracted while he was taking a confession. Uh, he didn't really want to hear the confession. He just wanted to know what was going on with Charlie. Um, I, I just I loved how everybody in the camp, with of course the exception of Frank and Hot Lips, uh, treated Charlie more like an entertainment than a serious threat. Um, I, I I really loved it. 
there were some things that I had questions about, of course. Uh, it was uh, when they won, you know, when at the beginning when they first announced the winner of the, the pool, that day's pool, Henry won with a guess of 75 yards. Radar says that the closest winning number next to his was a Corporal Johnson with 22 and three-quarter yards. General Clayton's not in his office, sir. They'll call back. Good. I didn't want to talk to him anyway. Well, he's not there. This is yours, sir. Mine? He came closest with 75 and a half yards. There's almost 100 bucks there. <laughs> we. Holy moly, man. Corporal Johnson came next with 22 and three-quarters. Oh, yeah? But... Ginger told Henry in the OR that she had something like 32 yards or something like that. Here he comes. That little bugger right on time. What's your number, Ginger? 32 and a half yards. Forget it, honey. You haven't got a chance. And then when Clayton calls, he actually had 50 yards. Oh, this is General Clayton. Well, Henry Blake here. How, how, how are you, General? <laughs> oh, just fine. Uh, no, no, sir, no. I'm afraid you were a little short. Well, no, I think you had, uh, uh, radar? 52 yards, Colonel. 52 yards, Colonel. So, you know, the numbers don't quite add up to me. Mm. <laughs> very true, very true. I noticed that as well. Yeah. Um, I love how Hawkeye and uh, Trapper keep uh, kept replacing Frank's gun with different things. You know, the, <laughs> the water gun, then a staple gun, and then uh, ultimately the, uh, the the tiny toilet plunger. <laughs> <laughs> And we got to see classic Henry in this episode. Very indecisive, very, you know, silly. And I just, I, I really enjoy, I, I enjoyed that. Whenever Henry gets to play that type of sort of slapstick comedy, I, I just think it's, uh, I, I think it's great. Yeah. And I love, I just love this episode. It was just, you know, not too cerebral. It was just plain silly fun. That's just, uh, you know, <laughs> My and one thing I did have a question about what was what was with Cordoza in in the I mean he's just like a random character I don't think we've ever seen him before or since did we? Cordoza booze. When I left the states, I promised my wife that I wouldn't have a drink or another woman until I got back to her. That's nice. Give me a blast. Make it a short one. I got a date tonight. You know, I, I've been listening. You guys want another opinion? You're only a dentist. Yeah, to you, life is something wet that hardens overnight, and then you put gold yeah, on it. Now, listen. What you want to do is forget about Frank. I mean, his kind is indestructible. They always have been. That's your opinion? Play, Phil. Sing, Dennis. Look, what you want to do is get rid of the dump. You take away the dump, you take away the gun. You take away the gun, you take away Frank's motivation, and the menace is gone. Just for that idea, we're going to put you in a Christmas play. Yeah, you can be the talking cavity. Just sitting in there playing the guitar. It's like, playing oh, the guitar. It was very bizarre. Yeah, I thought that was really, really kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I really enjoyed this episode, and I really don't know why. <laughs> it, it, I agree, and it is one of my favorites, and it's one I can watch over and over again. It's just, it's just a fun episode. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, I agree with everything you said about it. Uh, I enjoyed Henry. Uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the characters. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, of course, you have Frank and, and Margaret being crazy and over the top, and 
Frank going overboard when he was ordering his man of three <laughs> platoon that he had. To the right flank, heart. To the rear, heart. Detail, halt. Two, three. Men, I don't have to tell you of the importance of our mission. We are the first surgical unit to have an anti-aircraft capability. Our success is vital. I repeat, vital. The eyes of the military are upon us. Now, first off, um, any of you speak uh, English? Oh, yes, sir. Also French, Italian, and a little German. Sehr good. Then you will be platoon leader. I thought that you were the platoon leader. Oh, well, I am. But for purposes of our table of organization, I am the commander. So you will be platoon leader, you will be squad leader, and you will be the squad. Now, the enemy very foolishly attacks at the same time every day. There's no element of surprise. The man does not possess an ounce of cleverness, which shows you the limitation of oriental thinking. <laughs> no offense. That was a lot of fun. And I loved when uh, Hawkeye, Radar, and um, Trapper come walking out in all their outfits. Mm. To, and they're all marching. And it looks like, uh, you know, Trapper is like uh, MacArthur. And... Hip hop, hip for hip hop, hip for hip hop, hip for hip hop, hip for the rear hut. Hip hop, hip for the rear hut. Hip hop, hip for the rear hut. The rear march for the right bank march. The rear march halt. Right and left brace. Cut that out, brace. Count off. Are you one? Yes, are you? That's not funny. Count off. One, two. That's about it. Okay, that is. That strikes me funny, not. I think it ill behooves us. Behooves? What are we, in the cavalry now? I think it ill behooves us to show such a frivolous and flippant attitude in front of our Korean allies. Oh, come on, Frank. Don't you understand? Fire draws fire. You shoot that thing, and the next day we'll have real planes, MiGs down here, throwing bombs at our wounded. Maybe you haven't noticed in the operating room, but we do have wounded. The combination of malpractice and flop sweat makes it hard for him to see. I know what my duty is, and I intend to do it. Fall in! Huh? Round eight. What? Hut! Hip, hop, hip, four, hip, hop, hip, four, hip, hop, hip, four, hip. That, that that whole scene was just hilarious. And he, he actually looked a lot like MacArthur, too. Yeah, really, really funny stuff. Um, my favorite was actually the very end of this episode. It's when uh, Trapper and Hawkeye go up to Frank, and they're kind of like buddy-buddy. It's the first time they actually felt like they were generally being nice to Frank. You know, saying, come on, you know, let's go get grab a drink. And they're all just kind of bit palling around. And, and then Frank has the line, you know, why can't I stay mad at you two lugs? You know, I could eat. Yeah. Hey, it's ten after five. I miss him. Me too. Hey, tell the truth, Frank. Don't you miss Charlie? Oh, I forgot you did. Oh, Hawk, that's in bad taste. If I did, it was all your fault. Oh, come on, Frank. Why don't you join us? 
You don't mind dealing with a couple of peacemongers, do you? Come on, come on, Frank. Come on. Come on. You're the body. You know, come on, Frank. Why can't I stay mad at you two lugs? We'll work something out. Oh, I know. I, 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 I There was something sincere about that, and I felt like, wow, they're actually truly our friends. Even though they may hate each other at times, I just there was a bonding between those three that I felt at that moment only. It's the only time I've ever felt it between those three. Genuine, yeah, genuinely yes, felt it. Yes, something that was, it was real. And I, I, it's my favorite moment in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Meds? Um, well, I'm not as a great fan of it as you two are. Um I, there's, there's some scenes in it that I, I really quite like. <clears throat> it does remind me a little bit of the MASH movie, um, especially when they all get together, they've got the, the deck chairs out and they're sitting on the front waiting to see if he, you know, where he's going to land, throw the bomb. Very reminiscent of the um, the scene in MASH the movie where they, they pull the tent up to real hot lips naked in the shower. Um, <laughs> so that was yeah. a nice touch. Uh, good to see William Christopher back. And I, I, I do agree, Henry Blake is... You know, he's, again, perfect in his great character. Um, I always like seeing McLean Stevenson. He's just such a, an underrated actor. Um, I just have a little bit of a problem of... Uh, and I know it's explained that Clayton puts the ammo dump near the hospital so the, the enemy will leave it alone. The enemy wouldn't care less where it's where it's near. Um, and, and I just find that a little bit annoying that... That, that that put that there it just doesn't buy yeah but me. but you you know there are rules to to war even you know that's why they all bomb mash units you know well, it's because yeah but they bomb it, it, there, it. there's certain rules that you just don't you're, you're supposed to follow yeah. not that they always do but well no because in other episodes they've been bombing the mash units anyway so it's it, it doesn't make any difference with that if they have the ammo dump there or not there have been countless episodes where they're under fire including some which was actually the, their own people with the episode we recently did. <laughs> yeah. You know? we've, we've, yeah. As we pointed out, there was no actual no actual damage, but they were still being bombed, and we've had episodes where the nurses have been evacuated. So, you know, it doesn't really quite make sense. But it, it's still it's still a good episode. It's still an enjoyable episode, and it's um, it's certainly better than, than some of the ones we've had on the, the end of the last series. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know... Mm, I, I also got a little bit tired of Margaret and Frank in this one, but it might be just because, you know, um, I, I generally, I generally didn't particularly like their relationship anyway to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've, we've, we've yeah. you know, we've explained that before. It's the reason why I'm a Winchester fan and not a Frank fan. Um, but you know, yeah, it's a, it's an, it's an okay episode for me. Cool. All right. Well, there's always one of us that doesn't like the episode. Oh yeah, come on. Who, who wants to hear a, a, a podcast where everyone thinks everything's fantastic? <laughs> come on. No I'm, so, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't hear you. I tuned you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's coming up tomorrow to look over the situation. And he better tell Hot Lips to warm up a Merry Widow. Oh, no. That's filthy. Henry, it's insane to arm this place. Will you just keep your pants on till Clayton gets here? He'll decide. Honestly, you all make me sick. I think he means we're contraindicated. Someday all of this will come out. Your behavior, your filthy language, your betting on the enemy. And believe me, it'll be a shameful page for Uncle Sam. Oh, Frank, look, the general's coming up here. Isn't that good enough for you? Yeah, what more do you want? I want everybody to understand that this is war, and that war is a call to arms. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to behind the scenes. We have a few tidbits here. Uh, I'll start us off with uh, Frank talks about the movie The Court Martial of Billy Mitchell, but that movie came out in 1955, two years after the Korean War ended. Well, he got a preview print. 
yeah, he did. <laughs> He's in one of those um, one of those clubs where he actually gets to, to preview the movie before it's out. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, a Ryan PT-22 painted with North Korean markings was used for Charlie's plane. The plane used was owned by Don Burkett, who kept the plane in a hangar at Long Beach Airport. The production team painted over the plane's orange and white starburst pattern with special paint to resemble the North Korean markings. Burkett himself actually flew the plane from the front seat as the pilot who was assigned to do the flying had never flown a plane of this type before. <laughs> if you look closely, you can see something in the front cockpit which was done hunched down when the cameras were rolling. Enough film was taken during the one day of flying they were able to piece together two episodes featuring the plane and its net pilot. An article in the October 1970 edition of Private Pilot magazine featured Don's experience doing the show. The magazine's cover has a picture of what the plane looked like when it wasn't in costume. Now, the idea for this episode was probably based on the activity of a real Japanese pilot during World War II who would harass the U.S. Marines on Guadalcanal. This pilot would fly over Marine encampments at night in order to deprive them of the much-needed sleep. Sometimes he would drop a bomb, other times he would just fly over them. The Marines nicknamed him Washing Machine Charlie, and like 5 o'clock Charlie, his plane's engine was out of timing. I remember seeing this highlighted in the uh, HBO miniseries, The Pacific. Oh, cool. I don't think I ever saw that uh, series. Yeah, it was very good. That's a good yeah, tactic, cool. isn't it, really? that you, you deliberately make sure your engine's slightly out of time so it makes more of a noise and fly over people yeah. deprived and sleep. That's a good tactic. Mm, psychological operations. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. The character of Five O'Clock Charlie returns in the Season 3 episode, There's Nothing Like a Nurse. In this episode, the nursing staff is evacuated based on the intelligence that points to an airbase attack on the 4077. In the end, Five O'Clock Charlie flies overhead and drops propaganda leaflets. General Clayton arrives to survey the area. Now, the General, Colonel Blake, Hawkeye and Trapper all hide behind a rock when the plane flies over. Charlie misses the ammo dump but blows up the General's Jeep. Now, the Jeep is already mangled and charged before the Jeep goes up in flames. Yeah, I did notice that. That was a real... I did. Yeah. I, I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but yeah, now that I read this and I watched the episode again, I noticed that it was, it was blackened already. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That's what he gets for buying a Chevy. <laughs> now, Hawkeye says 5 o'clock Charlie must have washed out of kamikaze school. Kamikazes were the Japanese suicide pilots during World War II. They crashed explosive-filled aircrafts into their targets. The word kamikaze means divine wind. Mm. Very cool. And our last one is Hawkeye and Trapper played a trick on Frank and exchanged his pistol with a suction bowl. Shortly before Frank draws the bowl, one can clearly see a pistol in his holster. But after that, there was no more time to exchange it. <laughs> a little continuity thing. All right, so that's going to do it for our behind the scenes. I've never had a martini that way. May I? Oh, please. Goes great with a soap chaser. Mmm. So I got to hand it to a strap. We have made that ammo dump absolutely unmissable, even for Charlie. Two hours to showtime and it'll all be over. And poor Frank won't be able to play with his ack anymore. Mm. Hey, let's do something nice for him. All right, how about a couple of CCs of the plague? Or we could name an infection after him. Or make him the infection. Either way, it's a nice gesture. I just had a terrible idea. Mm. All right, now we're going to move on to our trivia. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, who wants to go first? Oh, um, Mads will go first. <laughs> All right. Well, you should have taken this one, Al, because it's a very simple one. Yeah. Al will go first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mads. What was the swamp? It was uh, Hawkeye and Trapper's tent. That is correct. And I'll give an easy one to you, Al, as well. <laughs> what was the name of the dive bar located across the road from the 4077? Rosie's. Yeah, that's correct. Hmm. Uh, then let's see if I can find one for me. According to the hometown mileage sign in the middle of the 4077 campground, how far was it to San Francisco? I do not have a clue. 5,428. You're looking at a picture, aren't you? Because there's no. no way you would have gotten that out. Is that right? Yes. Get the heck out of here. <laughs> you're, you're, you are so full of I am totally of kidding. I, I am not looking at anything. I just took a guess. Really? It's, it's 5,428 miles. Oh, my gosh. I'm playing the lottery. You got <laughs> it exactly right. That's why there is no way you got that. I'm, I'm totally serious. I am not looking at a picture. That was a yes. total guess. Again, if you've been looking at if you've been looking at the DVD case psychologically, you'll be taking that information in anyway. So you put well, I couldn't remember. There's no way. Well, Thank you, Sigmund Freed. So. <laughs> that is crazy. I know it is. That's just bizarre. All right. So let's go ahead. We'll ask one of our listeners. It'll be the same the same question. So, again, it's the sign that's in the middle of the 4077. And what is the distance to Burbank? Hmm. Hint, so, uh, it's not 5,428. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is it on the front of yeah. our T-shirt? I know it is. That's it what is, I said. I thought, I thought, I'm like, oh, he's looking at our logo. Like, oh, no, I'm not. I swear I'm not. <laughs> that, was, that was extremely impressive because... You got it down to the... Oh, don't exactly. carry on, Kenny. We won't hear the rest of the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> what, right, what was your IQ again, again Mads? What was your... <laughs> the trivia question for our listeners is, the hometown mileage sign in the middle of the 4077 compound, what is the distance to Burbank? Email those to themash4077podcast at gmail.com. Okay, watch it. Here he comes. Hurry Oh, hi, Frank. Down this way. We think it's an early abscess. Well, why call on me? Because when it comes to pus, we always think of you, Frank. Yeah, Frank, this is your arena. Post-op infections, that's you. Problem is, he should have had antibiotics immediately. You waited too long, now you've got a fever on your hands. Fantastic. He goes right to the heart of the clinical picture. He's got eyes in the back of his stethoscope. Yeah. Doctor, I'm getting ready to do the 430 feeding on Thompson. Oh, good. Bed number six. Yeah, good. You do that, Ginger. Give him the 430 feeding. Kind of fun working like this, huh, guys? We got to pull together more, Frank. Yeah. Amen to that, old buddies. All right, you can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over the internet, especially on Facebook. That's right. You can find us at www.facebook.com forward slash MASH 4077 podcast. Go ahead and like us. We'd love to get likes. You can also find us on Twitter. You can follow us at MASH 4077 podcast. And we have a website. So if you head to www.mash4077podcast.com, come along and take a look.
And we occasionally write some awesome stuff all about MASH, and you can find our blog at www.mash4077podcast.blogspot.com. And if you want to leave us any kind of voicemail or send us an email saying how wonderful we are, or if you hate the podcast, you can go ahead and send that to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. And we have an online store, and you can find that at www.zazzle.com forward slash mash 4077 podcast. And after you're done buying all of your MASH 4077 podcast related gear, how about marching your little body over to iTunes and leaving us a great review? And while you're at it, why don't you give us some five stars? All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I actually like this episode. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. Meh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's going to do it. So I'm Kenny. I'm Simon. And I'm Rain Man. I mean, I'm Al. And we'll be seeing you. 180 degrees, point south. 180 degrees. By 270, point west. 270. 160 degree azimuth, view north. 60. I have a 60 degree azimuth. Do I hear 65? I did. 65. 65. Wait a minute, he said 60. 60. I'm sorry, sir, we already have a 65. 65. I I said 65. Let's start all over. Oh, let's start all over. Colonel. I have a colonel. Do I hear a general? I'll bet a general. One stop. One. One. I have a one-star general. Do I hear two? Two. Two. Now, come on, folks. We're not going to let this fine war go for just a two-star general. Henry, what they're doing is mutiny. Oh, I feel a little strong, isn't it, Frank? I'm placing you both under arrest. Shot, Frank. And so, as he flies the blue lady of the skies into the sunset, we say aloha, five o'clock, Charlie, and return to our duties. Let me remind you the hospital is open 24 hours for your dining and dancing pleasure. Unlock your inner geek with Geek Therapy, a new web series starring America Young. I need you to make me a geek. Please help me. Let's figure out your GQ, your geek quotient. Can you watch Family Guy and not be confused? It's 30 minutes of a guy fighting a chicken. What's not to understand? The point of this is to find a geekier side of you. Yes, of course. I want this. Watch this in its entirety. Watch it until you can quote it. Firefly. That sounds really hot. Do not abuse this power I have given you or you will find yourself in a special level of hell. Watch Geek Therapy on Comediva.com. That's comedy plus diva. Comediva, where the funny girls are. That was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. 
The hosts will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives Works 3.0 United States License. All rights reserved. And it was written by Lerler. 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 Yeah. The aircraft gun will attract more components. It didn't take too long. It didn't take too long. Listen, what? <laughs> and like five o'clock, Charlie, his plane, his plane's engines were out of time. Okay. Uh, William Christopher makes a welcome return as Francis Francis Mulcahy. <laughs> Sorry, I'll say that again. That was hard to get out. Mulcahy. <laughs> William Christopher is back as Francis. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you.